The holiday season is now upon us. The year is absolutely flying by, and the news never stops. That's why we at the DSR Network have expanded our programming to cover even more of the world's events. We hope you will consider supporting our work by becoming a member. Members enjoy an ad-free listening experience, bonus content for virtually all of our shows, an invitation to the member-only Slack community, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of November, you can take 50% off the membership price for the first month. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code STUFFING at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code STUFFING. Thank you very much for your support. Welcome to the secret life of cookies, where we try to solve the world's problems through the miracle of carbohydrates, one recipe at a time, with host Marissa Rothkoff and her dog, Bosco. Hello, and welcome to the secret life of cookies this week. My guest in a special Thanksgiving episode is Amanda Bankert, owner of the popular Bone Shaker Donuts in Paris, France. Yes, Paris, France, elegant donuts in Paris, France. And she is also an expert vegan baker. Her new cookbook, Voila Vegan, is a joy for vegans and non-vegans alike, with some of my favorite new recipes actually coming from her book. You do not need to be a vegan or even no one to like these recipes. Let's get to it. But before we do, all the recipes for the podcast and links can be found on my Substack newsletter, at marissarothkopf.substack.com, which this week is packed with all manner of Thanksgiving dessert recipes, so maybe try something new. You can support my work with a subscription of less than $5 a month, or if that's not possible yet, you can subscribe for free. And don't forget to join Deep State Radio as a member for special perks. Either way, I'm grateful for your support. Hello, and welcome to The Secret Life of Cookies. My name is Bertha Roadcup, but you know that, and you don't know who my guest is. She is Amanda Bankert. She is coming to me from Paris, France. Ooh la la, I think you say that there. And she has written a cookbook called Voila, <laughs> Vegan, Vegan. And um, it is a spectacular cookbook. And while we don't normally focus entirely on food in an episode, um, we may do that today because you've written such a great cookbook and we may like, I don't know, dabble in, uh, discussions of like the sartorial choices of George Santos. But other than that, welcome, Amanda. Fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Um, so what time is it in Paris, France, where you are? It is almost 5 p.m. Almost 5 p.m. So you come to us yeah. as a, um, cordon bleu trained chef, but, um, a red-blooded American who opened a donut bakery in Paris, France. What? Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> what possessed you? Um, well, I had uh, I lived in Ireland for so I went to pastry school here a million years ago um, in Paris, and then I moved to Ireland and I lived in Dublin uh, until about 2012, working in mostly fine dining restaurants. So I was doing a lot of French pastry. Um, and when I moved back to Paris, because I really wanted to move back to Paris, so I finally made it back here in like 2012. And I wanted, I knew I wanted to open my own shop. The dream was always to like open my own bakery in Paris. Um, 
but I didn't want to do French pastry. So I was trying to kind of think of something that I could do that uh, would be fun, would be different, but would still sort of need that kind of like artisanal touch. You know, I wanted everything made from scratch. And, and at that time, so I started, well, I first had the idea in 2013. Um, it took me until 2015 to actually start like producing donuts here. And then we opened the brick and mortar shop in 2016. But like donuts did not exist. You literally, there was not one donut shop here in Paris at the time. Um, so yeah, there you go. And, but you know, uh, I've heard, I've heard that some Parisians can be a little, what we call snotty about food and, uh, it could be, I don't know if that's true. Uh, but that's what I've heard. And, um, so how do they greet sensing something so like corner store American? I mean, Dunkin' Donuts, I mean, as a donut in Paris. Yeah. So it's funny. First, I mean, for me, I think Parisians can be, they're much more class, like they're traditionalist, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So, which I didn't know before opening a donut (laughs) shop here. Um, And they really, (laughs) they really culturally, you know, don't deviate that much from the norm. You know, like that's changed, of course, everything, blah, blah, blah. I feel like that's the disclaimers in, but like generally speaking, okay. um, They're, they're not, super um adventurous uh and so but but i didn't know this and so i think it was this kind of like great sort of like naivete where i just assumed like listen donuts are awesome right. donuts are delicious like of course it's going to be amazing <laughs> right like who doesn't love donuts um and i think what i didn't know at the time was that donuts here specifically were really associated with like the worst of american food like it was like Homer Simpson donuts. So it right. was like industrial, fat, disgusting. <laughs> like it was like everything terrible <laughs> about like every, you know, horrible American stereotype like rolled into one. Um, so when we first opened, um, I think there was a little bit of skepticism, but I think I hit the moment at the right time as well. You know, like obviously people now are, you know, are kind of more open to trying things and like, um, and the biggest, the biggest, you know, point for us was that they were handmade. So when I opened, it was really just a matter of explaining to to customers that, you know, they're made from scratch in the morning. The original shop that I had, the kitchen window actually looked out onto the street. You could literally see me there in the morning. You know, so it was, you know, proof is in the pudding. And we were so busy as well. Um, It was a mixture of being like busy and also just, I'd never worked in a bakery before. I was a restaurant Mm. chef. So I was really used to doing like, prep and then service and so you know it, it everything about burn sugar was such a learning curve it's obviously completely different running a bakery but like you know I didn't know that <laughs> I mean I knew but I also didn't know how to implement it you know um and so it worked well though because they were pretty much getting donuts like to order so you know I would like prep all my stuff and then I would essentially be like frying donuts to order for people downstairs mm. And I guess, you know, unsurprisingly, because is there really anything better in the world than a fresh donut, you know? <laughs> right. So it did, they took off, you know, it did well. <laughs> right, exactly. Truly, the proof was in the donut, not the pudding in that situation. I mean, right. the person who can resist a warm, fresh donut, I mean, exactly. you know who, you know who right. I, I, I'll keep this topical. You know who I think probably doesn't like donuts? And does especially as like fresh ones. Who? Elon Musk. I bet he doesn't. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying. To... <laughs> I'm like I know. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Maybe even him. <laughs> I, don't, I'm like, I mean, I'm trying to think. 
Yeah. I'm just, you know, like, that's how I judge people's character, right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So you, um, the the other, were were your donuts vegan at that point? I mean. No, they were the opposite. Like, they were so not vegan. Um, So I was really, really classic. So I was really, really classically um, trained. So when I was developing the original donut recipe, I kind of did a mix of like a brioche and then I, you know, and a a typical American donut. But um, so they were full of like full fat French butter, milk, eggs, you know, like it was all the all the things. Um, Because at the time, and I was dabbling in and out of vegetarianism. So, um, you know, so for years, I'd kind of been like vegetarian. I went, I did like small bouts of eating, but, um, but anyway, so yeah, so they were full, full, full of dairy products and eggs. I I have to say that. And then I changed them. That does sound like a very special donut. (laughs) Um, As, as an omnivore, I'm like, Hmm, I would like to try that, but I, I have to, before we like go a little bit further in this, I made, uh, I've made a lot of things out of your cookbook and I'm currently standing over a bowl. Oh, I'm, I'm staring, currently standing over a bowl of chocolate chip cookie batter, which I'm about to finish making. Oh, um, I didn't make the Madeleine yeah. because I was, that's the a recipe I'm going to make for I'm, I'm, people at home. I'm leaping through the cookbook. Um, can you hear it? Um, there's a recipe in here for um, maple glazed madeleine, and um, I yes. didn't have time to prep that dough in advance, so I'm making those on right. my own. Um, I want you, anybody at home, to know that this is a cookbook really, truly not just for vegans. If you happen to have vegan friends, they'll be glad you have it. But I, I made your um, financier recipe, and um, don't tell this to my next door neighbor. My next door neighbor has a French au pair. And she trained in France yes. as a pastry chef. And I made these financiers a couple of weeks ago, your vegan ones. And strangely enough, I went, I, they brought me over some of her freshly made French full butter financier. And I got to tell you, I felt like the butter flavor almost, this is going to sound weird for me, almost overpowered the like, the experience of the financier, whereas yours was this dense almond. Um, it was delightful. They are delightful. And oh, yay! That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. So, and as you like, that is the point of the book. Um, is exactly that. So it's it's not specifically for vegans at all. And when you were saying, you know, you wanted to taste the original donut recipe, it actually tastes exactly the same as the vegan version in the book right. because. I didn't tell my customers that I had changed the recipe. So I didn't, the bakery didn't go vegan until we were, had already been operating for five years. I went vegan, like to make a very, you know, long story short, I went vegan, didn't want to use vegan or dairy products or eggs in my bakery anymore. So, but because I'm in France, I was like, you know, this is obviously not going to fly. It's overnight. I'm like, oh, by the way, guys, like surprise, now everything's vegan. (laughs) So what I decided to do was just to really, really work on the recipes and kind of secretly change everything and I'll tell you what if anybody here because we were talking about like you know customers can be I don't know they say like exigent here it means like very um, particular right. I guess we could say you know they're not shy about letting you know how they feel about things okay? <laughs> and like honestly if we had <laughs> it's like it's um, like um, um, social media people, come to life right like it's threads come to life it, we it I is. have no I, I will tell you whatever I feel about you Thank, yes, it's great. Uh, well, and it, which can be very refreshing 
those ghosts. In this case, you're like, you're like, okay, good. Like, you know, it's good. Like, basically, if I'm not hearing to my face, like, this is gross, <laughs> and people are saying this is good, then you're like, okay, this is legit. I'm, we're doing good. <laughs> In that way, it's much nicer than social media. Um, so... Yeah. The other recipe that really sort of does it for me in here, and I haven't cooked through the whole book, but you have a chocolate espresso and orange breakfast roll that I literally called my neighbors about. And I was like, you have to come over now. It was like nine o'clock at night. I'm like, line up, get one. First, <laughs> the, awesome. most, most importantly, because I didn't want to be alone in the house with them. Um, you know, right. I'm, I'm yeah. surrounded by baked goods all the time and everyone's like, Oh my God, you must eat them nonstop. And I'm like, well, really? I don't because I can't, right. It's not right. a good idea. And as tempting as it is, you know, there's a point where you're like, I no more. I don't feel like eating it right now. I'll have a slice and I'm good. Um, not these. No, no, no. Right. <laughs> I love that. They, these, these awesome. were true. And there were also, you know, like people who were like, don't get into making things like cinnamon rolls and stuff where they're like, it's so complicated. It was not complicated. It was fun. It was like playing with your food, getting to roll it up oh. and slice it, whatever, but then eat them. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So I, I do, um, I heartily recommend the cookbook to vegans and their best friends. Um, I'm currently making the... Uh, chocolate chip cookie dough, um, which smells really yeah. nice. It has um, vegan <laughs> butter. I use the Miyoko's, um, um, which is really like the best thing I think that's happened to vegan baking ever in, in yes, this country. So good, right? <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. No, I totally, what, every time I'm home in the States, I'm obsessed. Like I make a beeline to the grocery store and I buy myself some. It's so, so good. And it's uh, this Miyoko's, which is M-I-Y-O-K-O, apostrophe, yes, apostrophe people. There's an apostrophe. Um, it's a cashew and coconut oil spread, palm oil, lactose-free, and it is European style. So it's cultured. You know, it's got culture, which in Jersey, yeah. we don't got so much. Got culture. We got our culture, but it's different, you know. Um, <laughs> that It does makes phenomenal it, it makes for a phenomenal outcome in cookies. And so this recipe here has no eggs. It just uses the, um, I like to call it fake butter, but you probably don't. Um, the vegan butter. And, I don't mind. <laughs> come on. And I used, oat, I used oat milk because that's what I happen to have. Um, but that, that, those are yeah. the binder and the fat there. Um, yeah, exactly. How did you get into, like, how do you know, like, how much, like, do I use, which sort of, like, egg replacement do I use? You know, there you have a whole slew of egg replacements, and, like, which milks do you use? I have a lot of questions. I think everyone has a lot of questions. So, you know, if you're redoing a recipe, when do I know to use a flaxseed egg as opposed to aquafaba? And I will point to everyone here, look, look, I have a can of garbanzo beans um and we can let's talk about aquafaba let's start by talking about aquafaba the miracle of miracles okay yeah the, well aquafaba has really um you know changed vegan baking um when that came out you know we we're like woo because now we can make meringues and and it really does add so i mean in order so I, I touch a little bit on that in the book. I think in the introduction, I talk a little bit about like different milks and, um, and egg replacements. And, um, and it's really because eggs, um, 
it depends on what you want the egg to do in the initial recipe. So, you know, essentially an egg in a recipe is either going to bind or it's going to give, you know, it's going to help the, uh, result, the end result bait. Um, oh my goodness. It's either going to help bind or help rise. We'll get there in the end. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, it's 5 p.m. here. I'm like, it's okay, doing? people. It's um, Friday. And so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and so you want to look at that, and it depends on, you know, so on something like a loaf cake, something that's going to be denser, where you're not looking for a lot of lift, for instance, then you can go um, the flaxseed way, the even applesauce way, depending mm-hmm. on, on how dense your cake is going to be. Um, but I tend to go, I mean, my two defaults, by and large, are either like a flax or chia egg or the aquafaba. And, um, and really, so when I'm looking for something that's going to like densely bind, sometimes I do a mix of both, like sometimes I'll add them both in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that because the aquafaba is going to behave, I mean, you're never going to get the super big rise out of, um, out of a replacement like you would, you know, you're going to need to add some kind of baking powder or baking soda, or again, a mixture of both to really give that extra, that extra poof. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> But for things that I'm looking that, you know, like, like an aquafaba is essentially like an egg white. So you use it like the very simple, if you want to bring it down to like the most simple basics, Mm -hmm. it's if you're looking for an egg white, use an aquafaba. Um, And what are we like? So protein is a really important, like for building structure in food um, or in baked goods, especially. So what, so the butter must provide some of that, right? From, because it's cashew or is it just just the oil so maybe well so yeah and and so so soy milk if you're using soy milk so there's some recipes as well where i specifically call for soy milk and that's because soy milk has a really high level of protein right so that's going to be able that's going to you know so if you're looking for something where you need a high level of protein you're going to go for soy milk because that's going to be best for you and then other things as well you can use i use oat um, barista blend a lot Mm -hmm. And I use that because it's very creamy. And so I specifically go for the barista blends because you're going to get that really like creamy texture, which is going to replicate that that you find in dairy milk. Um, and it doesn't, I find, you know, it depends on what the soy milk is going into because obviously the downside to soy milk sometimes is you do get that kind of telltale sort of vegan taste, <laughs> which, which we are trying to avoid. And, and and you do successfully avoid it in all the recipes I've tried. And I think that's the sort of miracle of it. Um, nobody feels at a loss like, oh, I got the vegan dessert. No. Um, yeah. Right. Exactly. I have the Khalifa Farms um, barista blend here. Um, nice. And I'm not even going to make my little joke about milking all the little oats um, as much as I like to make that joke. <laughs> Maybe too much. Everyone at home is going, Ugh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and here's my son. Look, hi there. What you gonna do? Eat some raw eggs? Hi. No. <laughs> he's running away now with whatever he's taking from the refrigerator. Um, how long do you have any sense of the history of aquafaba? It's recent. Now I don't can't tell you the exact year off the top of my head, but I want to say. Mm, like recent, recent, like maybe 2018 or something. If I had to guess, 17. I feel like it's, you know, it's 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 really recent. So you're able. To, well, that's recent to me. It, I know it's recent to me too. So you're able to yeah. actually, <laughs> you're actually able to buy like vats of it for your bakery. But you can a, us poor morons at home. Just um, I tend to just pour a can of garbanzo beans out. 
um, and use the liquid yeah. that's left behind. Um, and then eat yeah, garbanzo beans for a while or chickpeas or whatever you want to call them, chechi beans. Um, and then I go to, um, yeah. this is a little shout out to my friend, Emily Nunn has a fantastic um, Substack all about salads. And so I just go there when I have too many, too much, I've been using too much aquafaba and I've got a lot of garbanzo beans. Yeah. <laughs> got to use up exactly. Yeah. Um, we had a failed, like I tried initially, um, cause when we first started making, I used them in, uh, I use aquafaba in our brownies at the bakery and in, and in the, and in the book. So obviously at the bakery, you know, we were going through huge amounts. And at the beginning, we couldn't get the vats of the, like, now we can just buy, like, bottles of it. But back then, it was, you know, still super new. And so we literally were also just buying, like, cans and cans and cans and cans of chickpeas and trying to find ways. So we tried, I tried all these different variations. I tried, like, incorporating them back into the brownies. Like, I was like, mm, maybe chickpeas. And it did not, they tasted like hummus brownies. Like, they were so, so gross. So, like, there are so many baking fails. As well, like on the journey to, you know, developing. Um, yeah, we had many. Uh, so a lot of hummus as a staff meal. We ended up going that route, you know, lots of lots of hummus being made, which is like, you know, I'm vegan, so there's no such thing as <laughs> too much hummus, <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> and it's a face cream. Yes, I don't recommend putting it in. Your... Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm like, and. Eh. Um, but yeah, do not recommend trying to incorporate it into desserts. I did not have success with that. Maybe somebody else does, but speaking from personal experience, that did not, that did not work out for me. No. And I, and you know, to be fair, to be honest, I'm not going to be fair. I'm going to be honest. Um, you know, people made a lot of fun of Jessica Seinfeld when she was like, sneak it in, sneak in the black beans into your brownies and stuff. And, uh, I, I don't, I, I'm all for using whole wheat flour, white Here's some whole wheat flour I have now and um, making things more protein rich and make putting less sugar into things. But I don't really think the idea of sneaking vegetables um, other than your zucchini or your carrot, maybe a parsnip into your desserts is really, it's, that just seems sort of mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can see both sides. One of my sons is kind of a picky eater. But the, you know what the worst part is? He doesn't even like cake. Like, here's the weird thing. Like, I'm like, come on, kid. Your mom's a pastry chef. You know what I mean? And he's like, he doesn't like, you know. So anyways, whatever. So I was going to say, I could see me trying to, like, sneak some stuff into his. But actually, he would, yeah. Just on the grounds of his cake, he'd be like, I don't want it. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, um, yeah. Uh, my daughter was also super daughter, picky. And she was very much, um, if you're listening, hi, Kate. Um, super picky and was of the um, all pale American foods diet and uh, right. had sort of textural issues too. And so that's when I was yeah. like, I'm going to bake with flaxseed and I'm going to bake with, you know, cause she liked cookies and I well, yep. trained, I, I, I now prefer a chocolate chip cookie made with whole wheat flour or part whole wheat flour. Cause I just think it's less sweet and it adds a sort of nuttiness and uh, I think it's you yeah. know, better, but not to be, then yeah. I was being yeah. sneaky before and now I'm just doing it for taste. I want to be very clear about my stance. Yeah. 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 No, I'm the same. I'm like, I want desserts to be like, yeah, for me, it's like, this is a pleasure thing. This is an indulgence. Like I don't care about, I will eat a salad if I want vegetables. <laughs> exactly. So we're coming up on that finest of American holidays. Um, 
very unique in its own way that we eat so much pumpkin, which is apparently a favorite of yours, if I've read this book correctly. Yeah. And you have some yeah. really good Thanksgiving desserts in here, including um, you have a, a rough puff pastry recipe that I want to try. Um, and your pumpkin pie recipe is a little bit on the unique side for what its ingredients are. Can you explain to people how you came up with it and what that secret ingredient is? Please stay tuned for a yes, secret ingredient, um, everyone. Yes. Yeah, exactly. John said. Yes. Uh, yeah, well, so custards, custards were obviously kind of tricky for me. When I, that was one of the, the two really tricky things for me were custards and uh, caramel sauce, you know, because they're heavily like butter and dairy. and You don't have a lot of like wiggle room, basically. Um, so when I was really trying to make a, uh, you know, any kind of custard based uh, pie or, or, or anything, I, you know what, I, really, I can't even remember how I initially got the idea, but like I tried and the secret, super secret ingredient is jello, vanilla pudding mix, van jello vanilla pudding mix um, powder. That's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> but I found, <laughs> I, uh, I found it in an American, you know, we have a few like American kind of like small little grocery shops here um, that have like, you know, a limited range of American, American ingredients and groceries. And so I found this and I don't know what possessed me. I flipped it over and read the ingredients on the back and I was like, this is vegan. And then I was thinking, I just thought, well, if you're thinking about making vanilla pudding, I was like, that's not far off from the custard. And I bet if I, you know, I thought, I'll just see what happens if I incorporate it into the custard that I've already made. Right. And lo and behold, it was the, uh, you know, it, the answer to the, to the uh, pumpkin conundrum. It, and it did do that. It really does give that like silkiness, that mouthfeel. Um, yeah, so it's my little secret vegan. Yeah, and it makes for a really smooth pumpkin pie. Um, I know because yeah. I did make the pumpkin pie and it was really lush. Um, it was lush. We say uh, pumpkin pie. Thank you so much. Turns out it's lush. And you have a pumpkin pie. I mean, a pecan <laughs> pie as well. Um, with, yeah. Is it chia? Is it with chia? bourbon and hot sauce. With bourbon and hot sauce. Yes. Explain to me hot sauce in one's, pump, in one's pecan pie. Again, I just, I wanted to try, I just wanted to try some of my favorite things. So I really love um, pecan pie. And then. Anytime, like I'm developing recipes, it's always kind of like, you know, what do I want to eat? And I just thought, I'm thinking like for savory food, you know, if you go out and, you know, you could, might have like a whiskey and, um, you know, and some, and some wings with hot sauce and then some caramel for dessert. Like that sounds like a really good meal. Right. And so I was thinking, you know, and so I thought, and also, so I, love desserts that have bourbon in them. Love. Me too. Love, That's love. And then, yeah, that's right? the next so, cookbook. So let's write that so, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's write it. Yeah, right. No, but for real, so delicious. And I also am a hot sauce fiend. So I don't know. I was just kind of thinking, that's why I called it like my favorite things, pecan pie, because it was like, and I tried it and I was like, this is actually good. There's not like loads of hot sauce and sriracha in and of itself isn't, you know, like one of the crazy, it's quite a kind of mildy hot sauce. So it just brings a little bit of that burn that I thought really complemented the bourbon. And, and then, you know, you can cool it down with some like, um, vanilla ice cream right. and it's delicious. Delicious. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> um, tell me, uh, what the, um, 
how like how long it takes you to like to change a recipe? Can you just like look at a regular old recipe and then go, okay, this is how I will veganify it? Like, is it a superpower you have now? Sometimes. So the funny thing is, and I mean, I'm sure you probably find the same thing. I think with any recipe, I was actually talking to a friend of mine the other day because I was trying to develop a recipe for some, I can't even remember what it was, but I was saying to her with developing a recipe, it's fun, funny because sometimes you can, I can look at something automatically and I know like, okay, especially if it's something where there's only like one or two eggs and you know what I mean? If there's not like loads and you can be like, I'm going to swap this out and, and it's going to work because it's, it's a pretty simple formula. Then there are other times where you think you have this like genius moment and you've like planned this like delicious cake or dessert or whatever it's going to be and you put it together and it's terrible. You know what I mean? Or like, it's like really all face. Like you put it together and you're like, this did not work at all. And like the, you know, obviously the good part of that is that once, you know, you taste it and usually you're then like, okay, but what I can do is, you know, I put, you know, this needs fruit instead of chocolate or, you know what I mean? Whatever, like you're able to taste it and be like, okay, that didn't work the way I thought it was. So I'll swap this in the second. Um, but it's funny. So it goes both ways. Like sometimes, you know, yeah, so I can look at something and it's like, okay, I mean, I, I can usually tell what kind of egg replacement or whatever I'm going to need to use. And then after, but sometimes, yeah, I try things and it's like a total fail, you know, like sometimes, I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm totally okay with admitting that. You know? <laughs> um, but I think, you know, all, all cooking, baking, a lot of it's trial and error, you know? Exactly. Um, I want to, I'll send you my bourbon pecan chocolate chip cookie recipe and you can amend that please do. Yeah. yes oh yeah that'd be awesome yeah yeah i made them for um i was doing a cookie countdown i think to one of the elections to the election and i figured that we were all like desperately or maybe it was for the debate it was for the debate one of the debates and i'm like we all need drinks yeah and we need drinks in our food yeah so <laughs> i put the bourbon yeah. in there <laughs> The thing I really wanted to make today and didn't have the ingredients in the house and no, I wasn't prepared people was um, your intensely delicious looking chocolate cake. Um, and one of the, and the, it, this is a beautiful chocolate cake. It's, it's the cover of your cookbook. Um, a lovely Dense chocolate cake looks like with uh, piles of ganache on top, vegan ganache covered in red cherries and raspberries and strawberries. And it looks beautiful. And I wanted to make it. Um, one of the directions said, and don't not to turn it upside down like we normally do. And usually like it comes out, it says, you know, take the cake and turn it upside down after 10 minutes. And But you say leave it in the pan for an hour. Well, why is that? I, that's how do they usually tell you immediately to turn, to turn them upside down when they come well, out I, of I, oven? I just I was no but I was just it, it seemed very <laughs> um it seemed very well because it's a, because it's a really heavy and dense cake so I think if you were to take it out of the oven and immediately turn it upside down it's just gonna fall up everywhere it's gonna, you're not gonna have a you're not gonna have a cake anymore so you because it is it is like you know, joking aside, it is, it is, it's a very, very dense, very, very rich chocolate cake, which is also why I do kind of add that disclaimer being like, you are going to need some kind of fruit or some kind of whipped cream to cut through it. It's gorgeous, but this is like, it's a serious dark chocolate cake. And so because of that, yeah, it does, it just needs to be like fully cooled. It needs to be not messed with. You leave it to fully cool and then you can, and then you can deal with it afterwards, but you'd be in, a, you'd be in a world of trouble if you, if you tried to mess with it as soon as it comes out of the oven. I'd be making trifle or something. Um, exactly. 
exactly. There's no, there's no failures. That Always way. pivoting, profit solving. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. That's where it's the ingenuity. Um, you also talk about the kind of creams that you like to use in order for me to make whipped cream. I found at my local store some country crock um, vegan cream, and I wonder what what do you recommend to make piles of luscious vegan whipped cream. So this is interesting because obviously since I'm in France, um, my brands and everything are to be completely different over here. Right. Uh, so it was tricky for me. And I did go home once or twice while I was, you know, writing the book. And while I was home, I'd always, always make a run to the grocery store to kind of see what's available in the States. I think by and large, you guys have better options than we do in France as far as vegan stuff goes, which is not, not shocking to anyone. I don't think. <laughs> um, but you know, we're getting, we're getting there. Yeah. Um, but which was helpful as well because I kind of felt like if I can do it here with the limited ingredients. Um, so here we have a few brands of, um, like I found, so I, I do talk about, I hate coconut whipped cream. Um, I mean, if you're making like a tropical dessert, then I go for it. But I mean, as a default, I'm so sick of getting coconut on, on everything. Coconut is not whipped cream. It tastes like whipped cream. It tastes like coconut. Right. So I am against that. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, over here, there's like, a, <laughs> I know, I'm like, in case I wasn't clear enough. But it is true that when you first go vegan, everything is coconut. Like, all desserts are coconut flavored. And I was like, oh, you know, coconut's fine, but like, come on. Like, I don't, yeah. you know. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, so over here, there's a soy cream that I really like that doesn't really taste, that tastes actually like cream that doesn't taste like soy. But I, I'd be interested to hear, let me know what the country talk is like, because I don't know, in a, you know, in the States, what the good ones we can even get, you know, we have like one brand that I think comes from Germany over here. And it's, you know, normally, you know, whatever, but everybody does it. I, I, you have like the can, which normally, of course, as a pastry chef, I'm supposed to be like, you know, like absolutely not, no cans. But like sometimes, just like Cool Whip, you know, like sometimes can from, you know, whipped cream from a can is, is good. <laughs> so we have one vegan brand over here that comes from a can that I will, that I'll use, especially, and again, I know this is probably sacrilege, but I grew up in a household where we had Cool Whip on our pumpkin. So I like that combination, mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, if I'm making my Thanksgiving pumpkin pie, that would be when I would bust out the canned whipped cream, you know, like that. Yeah. You know, I, um, my, um, my forebears were, uh, from Austria. And so for them, like schlag and, you know, real schlag is like the thing. And when, after right. they came, came, I remember visiting my grandma when they were, they lived here, obviously, because, you know, Hitler was like, get out. Um, that's never going to happen again, so don't worry. Um, anyway, um, just a little topical. Um, anyway, uh, the I went to her refrigerator and she had a giant tub of Cool Whip. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, in, in retrospect, I'm like, but she gave in to the fake stuff and not the real schlag. And, um, you know, Cool Whip has its place. I hope I don't get angry letters from exactly. people. I know. I know. But you know what? Live a little. Right? <laughs> and also, no judgments. I mean, I think that's actually like if. No judgment. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts about Thanksgiving in France and just in general like your memories of Thanksgiving growing up because I think it is often a no um, judgments holiday because you're yanking out yeah. like grandma's recipe that if you you, you might not make it of, of your own volition but you have to have that flavor at the table you know that like reminiscent yeah 
flavor. That's why there's so many marshmallows, I suspect, on Thanksgiving. I know. But like, again, so I love marshmallows. I love marshmallows. I did not grow up in a household where we had sweet potato casserole with marshmallows. Me neither. So I missed out on this. Yeah. But and then so every year, I do a thing and I've done it since I lived in Dublin. So I've lived in Europe for 20 years. And pretty much every year because I love Thanksgiving so much. And I have always loved that the point of it is just to like be surrounded by people that you love and eat a big meal. Like this Mm -hmm. is awesome, right? Like what is is great. (laughs) So I've always posted like a really big Thanksgiving. Um, And it's always been really funny as well, because most of it's with European people. And again, especially going back like 20 years when I first moved to Europe, like loads of people would be like, what is this? Like, why are are we here? They'd be like, what is this Thanksgiving? Um, But uh, so I only had my first sweet potato casserole with marshmallows like five years ago. And honestly, it's so good. It is so good. I've never had it. I've never had it. You have to. It's really, listen, I was skeptical. I was, because, you know, again, I just, it was, I feel like it's something that only appears at Thanksgiving. And if you are in one of the households that doesn't have it, for, you know, again, you're not uh, on like a Tuesday in June. I'm not just going to be like, oh, let me whip up this like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and somebody brought it. My friend Layla brought it to the potluck, the Thanksgiving potluck one year. And I was like, this is delicious. So I would recommend, um, you know, giving it a try. And you can get vegan marshmallows. So now I make it with vegan marshmallows. Um, but yeah, I basically host a huge um, potluck uh, where, you know, have all the stuffing and pumpkin pies and and all the things. And then again, what I love is like, because again, a lot of the people there aren't American and it's a potluck. Some people bring just like the most random stuff. <laughs> like, you know, there's like non-Thanksgiving, you know, because I feel like Thanksgiving is so like, there is kind of a vibe, right? Yep. And like, you know, I'm trying to think about what one of my friends showed up with, but it was just like, I don't know, some kind of like very salad, but like, like healthy salad, not like, oh, you know, salad, but it's like, you know, roasted vegetables. Yeah, this is like, just, you know, there is no jello like, in this salad. This is not appropriate. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's, you know, it was excellent. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm not ready at all. I can't believe that Thanksgiving is next week. I'm like, yeah. you know. As as you know, Not when prepared. I tried to book you, I thought Thanksgiving was in two weeks. So <laughs> I too am in a similar place. Um, you also, I just because it is my duty as a Jerseyan to point out that you do have a Beach Haven na- a donut named after Beach Haven. Yeah, I've gone to LBI my whole life. My dad's from Southern Jersey, so my dad grew up in Medford. Um, and so he went to LBI his whole life. And then I've been going there since I was like six weeks old or something every single summer. Uh, my kids go to LBI with me every summer. So awesome. Um, yeah, it's uh, my favorite place. <laughs> uh, Long Beach Island is the best and Beach Haven is my favorite part too. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So and Coors Custard. I mean, it's not actually an LBI thing, but did you ever have Coors Custard, the orange, like the creamsicle flavored no. ice cream? No, see that is not LBI. That is oh, like, yeah, but it's no. like like the like boardwalk more board, boardwalk Jersey, right? Yeah. yeah, no, never tried. I mean, I feel like I've had like the creamsicle ice pops, but not not specific. Because honestly, we are like I've been to LBI and that, and and that's where we go type of thing. Because I'm from um, Virginia, so. and the, the the holiday. Do you go to holiday? Um, the little yeah. the, the round place uh, with the best chocolate cake yeah. and 
Oh my God. Okay. Everybody. I know I'm going to, I miss the chocolate cake and the key lime pie, even though I can make them myself, people. Um, there's just something about eating them in this adorable, like round dinery sort of atmosphere yeah, at the beach. Like vintage. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm also, uh, so I remade because I grew up, I was obsessed with the fudge. Mm-hmm. So for me, they have like a fudge place there that I've gone my whole life. And then obviously it's not very vegan. So I, re- I made fudge for the book because I'm obsessed with fudge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that comes from my summers at LBI. <laughs> and, and actually, as I was saying, oh gosh, like, and the whole idea to open a donut shop came from LBI because we always go to Marvel's Bakery on LBI and get our donuts. Right, and right. so I was eating a donut, um, trying to figure out like, oh, what American bakery thing can I do in France? And literally had one of those moments where I was like taking a bite of the donut being like, God, I wish I could get these in Paris. And then I was like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, there you go. That's American ingenuity for you, right there. They're lucky to have you. Um, I thank you so much for being on here. I have to bake up these cookies. I will let them sit for an hour, kind of let them, or in the fridge to let the flour absorb yeah. all the the goodness. And um, I'm going to try making the chocolate cake and the fudge, and definitely I'm making those um, those rolls again because they were amazing Yay! or actually i may we'll have to try and make the cinnamon That's rolls so awesome. i think i'm gonna make the cinnamon rolls oh yeah and the banana tartatin okay. french toast let me just read to you people out of this book you're going to want yeah. to buy this um <laughs> it's a great read whether you're vegan or not and i thank you so much for being here and have a happy thanksgiving you can find voila vegan wherever fine books are sold and follow amanda on instagram to see some luscious donut photos and you can find me at marissarothkoff.substack.com or Marissa Rothkoff Eats on Threads. Thanks and have a great week.